Hello and welcome to Shaping Nations, the podcast that explores the development of smart infrastructure. My name is Patrick Hastings and as the host of Shaping Nations, I'm excited to bring you another episode. Joining us today on Shaping Nations podcast is Peter Church, the Acting Chief Executive for Sydney Trains. Peter will provide insights into the projects going on within Transport for New South Wales and share their sustainability plans for the development of future infrastructure projects. Over to you, Peter. Uh, Good morning, everyone, and uh, thank you to Minister Constance uh, for those amazing personal reflections on the events of 18 months ago now. Thank you also to Ainsley and Iska for having me here today. This is the first time wearing a mic like this, so hopefully you can all hear me properly, and I'd just like to say for the record, any similarity with Madonna starts and ends with the microphone. (laughs) So, good morning to everyone. Uh, I'd also like to acknowledge uh, the traditional owners of the land that we're meeting from today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, uh, and welcome any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander peoples that are joining us here today or are joining us now virtually. The Minister mentioned about dry infrastructure speeches, so we're going to have a dry infrastructure speech, so I'll just warn you all in advance. But it really gives me great pleasure to be speaking here on behalf of Transport for New South Wales. We are delighted to be the platinum sponsors of today's forum and also the Gala Awards dinner in October. As the corporate member of ISCA, I would like to praise and formally endorse ISCA's innovative work in driving sustainability into the infrastructure sector. As Patrick mentioned, I've been delivering infrastructure for quite a few years now, and I've been lucky enough to work across all stages of the asset lifecycle, both here in New South Wales and back in the UK. And when I was preparing for today, it occurred to me that many of my career highlights have been associated with sustainability. One of the projects I am most proud of is Wynyard Walk. I came through Wynyard Station this morning, and Wynyard Walk is the piece that links Barangaroo with the CBD. The principles of sustainability drove the design solution for that project and included serious consideration of the ongoing maintenance and operation that would be required to support the 100-year life of that asset. I'm really glad to say that it's since become a CBD landmark and really worthy of an ISCA commended rating that it received. And if ever there was a fantastic sustainability outcome, Wynyard Station's interloop sculpture is exactly that. How you go about repurposing old wooden escalators and creating an an eye-catching sculpture that becomes part of the fabric of the city is exactly what we're about. But there are other smaller and no less significant projects that have set precedents for sustainability within our transport system, all of which will give us an insight into what the future may be like. Back in 2014, we built a glow-in-the-dark path close to Gosford Railway Station. It used UV light-absorbing mineral coating on top of the path to light the way. Not only was it a great way of providing improved accessibility for the local community, but it it avoided expensive electrical works that would have been required to otherwise light the footpath. Or, moving forwards, in 2020, we opened Rooty Hill Commuter Car Park. This was the very first government commuter car park to include for electric vehicle charging stations. 
not only do we provide EV charging, all that EV charging is completely sustainable. It's powered by a battery system that collects from swathes of solar paneling spread across the car park roof. Moving away from infrastructure, one of my real favorite initiatives is the deal that was struck to harvest the bamboo that grows within the rail corridor and actually use it to feed the endangered red pandas and Asian elephants at Taronga Zoo. Almost inexplicably, this would normally have gone expensively to landfill. Those are just a few small examples, but there are many, many more. Transport for New South Wales is a huge organisation, and through projects, big and small, our approach has the potential to make an enormous difference for the people of New South Wales. There are plenty of outstanding mega projects that I'll also talk to today, but it's not all about enormity. Thinking small will also help us to make a big difference. So where are we up to now? Right now, Transport for New South Wales, as you heard from the Minister, has a book of over 70 billion of infrastructure projects for the next four years. We also account for 46% of the projects that are registered for ISCA for rating. Now, I do have to ask, if Transport for New South Wales is responsible for 46% of those projects being rated, what is everyone else doing? Given the major and ongoing investments in New South Wales infrastructure that are being made as part of the state's broader economic recovery, government agencies, including transport, have adopted the ISCA rating scheme to drive sustainability outcomes. The rating scheme enables us to quantify the benefits and to confidently communicate those to our stakeholders and the public. Looking at our broader performance, here are some highlights from the recent 2020 ISCA impacts report. There were 11 certified as-built projects, which collectively reported reductions, including an 81% life cycle carbon reduction in energy use, and an 11% life cycle carbon reduction in materials use. Now, to the layperson, that's the equivalent of nearly $1.4 billion worth of avoided costs. Not small. Not only that, these projects also enhanced nearly 5,500 hectares of the natural ecosystem. They're impressive returns from just 11 projects. But just imagine what we will be able to report as our combined efforts are amplified with the infrastructure-led recovery that's going forwards. The 2020 Impacts Report also includes 32 sustainability innovations, includes four world firsts and 17 Australian firsts. That points us to an impressive culture change that is occurring across industry. But there's still a long, long way to go particularly when it comes to the environmental sustainability in the transport sector. As the Minister mentioned, we're ranked globally as the third highest producer of greenhouse gas emissions. In New South Wales, transport accounts for nearly 20% of all emissions. To achieve net zero, it will be vital to minimise the impact in the operations phase for our transport networks. Managing the transition to a low emission transport system means we not only need to shift to reliable 
and cost-effective low or zero carbon energy sources, but also to actually minimise our use and maximise our efficiency. To that end, Transport for New South Wales is committed to securing our energy needs from sustainable sources and supports the sector's transition to net zero emissions before 2050. As the Minister mentioned, significant progress is being made in these areas, including at Sydney Trains, where we now have a target to achieve net zero emissions from electricity usage within the next four years. I am really proud to be associated and part of an organisation that is making such tangible commitments and change. I've talked a little bit about the number of ISCA ratings that we're currently committed to at Transport and how important those ratings are to us. But I'll just mention a few things we're doing right now to achieve these ratings and to improve sustainability across the sector. Looking at those projects on a grander scale, I want to acknowledge our major industry partners, many of whom are represented here in the room or are tuning in online, who are supporting us by embedding sustainability as business as usual. Every day, with your support, we're putting in place cutting-edge innovation and technology to respond to the mega-trends in transport infrastructure. The Sydney Metro project is a great example, as seen on TV, for everyone here who's seen the amazing documentaries on SBS. Australia's largest public transport project had sustainability requirements embedded from the very earliest stages of the project lifecycle. The Sydney Metro City and Southwest Tunnel and Station excavation design, which is a bit of a mouthful, actually received the highest ever certified ISCA rating, a nice fat round 100. In particular, the breakthrough design of the tunnel boring machine helped to improve safety, it limited the impact on the community, and reduced the actual resources required. It helped put the project in the leading category, and that's a partnership with John Holland, CPB and Jella, that we are absolutely very proud of. But mega projects like Metro, they've enabled Transport for New South Wales to work with large contractors, delivering mega sustainability outcomes. But with the significant infrastructure pipeline we now have, we're working with all tiers in the infrastructure sector. And my special interest has been in enabling the capacity and building the capability of all our suppliers and contractors, both big and small to help deliver better sustainable outcomes. We must have everybody involved. One of the achievements I'm particularly proud of is the IS Rating Toolkit. This is designed to build the capacity of our Tier 2 and Tier 3 contractors to apply sustainable practices in all of our infrastructure projects. The toolkit arose from discussions with Ainsley nearly three years ago about the challenges faced by our smaller contractors who'd not participated with ISCA before. Our team set about developing and piloting the toolkit, and this is a set of guidelines and templates which our contractors are used to address sustainability ratings requirements in project delivery. It's not mandatory, it's just available should contractors need a starting point or a leg up, but the toolkit and the training provided by our staff are a key step towards making sustainability BAU for all of our contractors. And what is really exciting to see is how these efforts are actually showing results right now. It's being used by all of our contractors across the Transport Access Programme, 
and I'd just call out the TAP YE and Waratah stations projects, which were recently awarded, and ASBIL leading rating with a score of 78.4. These projects are being delivered by Gartner Rose, and they include many sustainable outcomes throughout the design and construction phases, including energy savings equivalent to that of over 500 Australian homes, the power of those for a year, or more than nine Olympic swimming pools worth of water that's saved by using high-efficiency fixtures and simple drought-resilient native planting. And for those who know the size of an Olympic swimming pool, that translates to nearly 23 megalitres of water saved. Not only that, but going beyond the minimum specified requirements for trees plantation. Nearly 50% more were planted than was required to offset those projects. And on top of that, there were social procurement initiatives and community artwork provided. Daniel Rose, the Managing Director of Gartner Rose, will be talking more about building capacity and capability later this morning. But that's a big well done for those projects and a thank you for the achievements, particularly from myself. Alongside the work that we're doing to equip our Tier 2 and Tier 3 contractors, one of the biggest shifts that is occurring is our focus on improving our social sustainability outcomes. We want to ensure that government spend on these major transport infrastructure projects brings about positive social outcomes for the communities where they sit. This focus on social sustainability is being driven by our people who are determined to create new benchmarks for social equality. In this way, our Parramatta Light Rail project is working to achieve greater workforce diversity, to upskill workers and provide opportunities for local communities as part of its workforce development and social procurement strategy. The project has adopted targets to increase the participation of disadvantaged groups in the local community, particularly including an initiative to encourage women into non-traditional working roles. One of the PLR contractors, Parramatta Connect, has placed women across many positions, including in design management and design coordination. But most pertinently, as site engineers, there's even a female foreman, which might be a job title we might need to now revisit. And there are general labourers. And this includes one woman who is completing her apprenticeship in civil construction plant operations. And that links really interestingly to a plant hire company that's been engaged on the project that's committed to provide only female operators for all plant equipment hires. To date, they've inducted 17 women onto the project. Similarly, a key objective of our regional rail project is to provide opportunities for people and businesses in regional New South Wales. An estimated 200 new local jobs will be required during the construction phase of the new purpose-built Mindy Yara Maintenance Centre in Dubbo. There will also be 50 further jobs during the maintenance phase. In this way, the development of transferable skills from one project phase to another, and potentially onto other projects in the area, is supporting the long-term job prospects for people in the region. As you can see, our commitment to social sustainability outcomes is already ensuring that jobs and skills are created in the communities where we build and operate transport assets. As I said, I'm a big believer in the capacity for achieving big things by starting small. So I want to briefly profile one project that I've been involved with that has shown the way that we can make a real difference when it comes to economic, environmental and social sustainability of our public transport system. 
you've probably seen and may have used the big yellow double-decker B-line buses that have been servicing the northern beaches since November 2017. Beyond the benefits of a turn-up-and-go service, in terms of cutting commuting time and reducing crowding, they've also been successful in encouraging people to shift mode from private car to the bus. Pre-COVID, there have been an average 5 to 10% mode shift away from cars to buses along that corridor. And that means fewer cars on our roads, reducing pollution and congestion for everybody. Another standout for the Beeline project was the work that was done at the new commuter car park at Manly Vale. If you're not familiar with it, it includes a new breathing wall. That's a wall of around 9,000 plants, much like the green walls that are seen on the buildings around the city, but these plants are scientifically chosen and scientifically proven to remove harmful pollutants. And this means that it is helping to clear the air and increase biodiversity at the same time. Not only that, the wall reduces noise and provides a beautiful facade for the community. Both of these achievements have set small but important precedents for how we operate more sustainably across transport for New South Wales. As I've outlined, we're already working closely with our industry partners to embed social sustainability as a key focus area and we're clocking up significant sustainability achievements for planning, design and construction. But looking ahead, a key focus area will be how we measure our success in ensuring sustainability uh, occurs during operations. And this is a challenge that's facing many of us in the room. In partnership with ISCA, we're already committed to 12 ISCA operations ratings. This is a relatively new rating area for ourselves, our contractors and our operators. So we'll be driving innovation together. The operations ratings will be invaluable to demonstrate the sustainability benefits realized in the operations and maintenance part of the asset life cycle. We've also committed to nine operations ratings as a Another Australian first through the Sydney Road asset performance contracts that will be delivered over the next 10 years. One of the biggest areas of challenge going forward is the resilience of projects that we're planning. Many of our existing assets are expected to last for more than 100 years. And our historic weather data that's been used to inform the design of those projects, we now know is no longer valid. So we need to model for a future climate change scenario. And our work in reviewing and reassessing our asset management processes fulfills what I think is one of the key responsibilities of government, which is to show leadership. And whether it's using data in new ways, or making social impact a key outcome, or working with industry to achieve national firsts, we have an important role to play in setting the standards that we expect our industry partners, the wider community, and ourselves to meet. It's no longer a matter for asking for sustainability to be part of what is delivered, it's an expectation that it will be at the core of any project we commission, no matter how large or how small. Before I finish, I just want to say that I feel very honoured to be part of the ISCA journey, a journey that is now transforming an industry to be a force for good. Our technology and ser innovative service models are already rapidly changing the way that transport solutions are provided globally. We're already planning for a very different transport future where technology enables mobility and where safety is improved, congestion eased, and air quality is improved. Social inclusion is increased and our economy is strengthened through greater efficiency. Coming together and sharing ideas in forums like this will inevitably provide the spark for further tangible positive change across transport 
utility and social infrastructure sectors. Together, I know that our contributions will help form better future for us and our planet. But in the meantime, I've got this badge, and a few people in the room have got the same badge. And I've been wearing this since Rail Are You OK Day, which was a couple of weeks ago. And the number of people who've come up to me and said, that's really pretty, what's that for? And I've had to explain to them it represents the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. All I'll say to everyone here, wear the badge and start the conversation with everyone else. We need everyone who's not here to participate too. Thank you and please enjoy the forum. Peter, before you run, I know you've got to get out of here, but uh, there have been a couple of questions, and I think you threw the gauntlet down very early in your speech, and Victoria's responded. Um, they'd like to know whether Sydney Trains is undertaking an IS operations as a network of met metro trains in Melbourne is. Uh, so I, it would certainly would be one of the areas where uh, Sydney Trains, as the existing ongoing operator, will be looking at how we move into that sort of rating space, definitely. Fantastic. And look, we, we have a, a variety of questions here, but I think a lot of them are focused around procurement practices within transport for New South Wales, yeah. and particularly around procuring for whole-of-life cost rather than lowest cost. Have you got sort of any insights you'd like to share in terms of, I guess, the direction transport for New uh, South Wales I, is taking? I, I think in terms of procurement practices, over many years we've seen a change away from going for, like, just lowest price. It's a very old-school way of dealing with procurement. Uh, and we've seen that go to a price and a non-price type environment, the way I want to see procurement go and the way I'm pushing for it in the areas that I control is cost to build is one element, cost to operate is another element, cost to maintain is another element, carbon emissions to operate, carbon emissions in terms of maintenance and in terms of build, all of those things and the social impact, they are all factors in the choices we make about our contractors. So procurement will evolve in the same way that we need to evolve our transport mobility solutions and the infrastructure that we build. Fantastic. We might, um, I, I, know you, I know you had to run off uh, today, so we might leave it there. Thank you so much for participating today. No worries. I greatly appreciate it, and it's great to see you again. Thank it's you, Patrick. Nice to see Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Shaping Nations. If you want to support our show and be the first to know when a new episode drops, be sure to subscribe. And if you're feeling particularly generous, please leave us a five-star review. We'll see you next time.